Greetings, and it's meeting time. And for all those attending this Sunday, welcome. Did you ever hear the expression that our darkest secrets keep us sick? Well, the dictionary describes secrets as to operate in a hidden manner, concealing illegal or improper actions. After Adam and Eve disobeyed God by eating of the forbidden fruit, they covered up their nakedness with fig leaves, and they went into hidings. Human beings have been covering up and hiding ever since. Now, if I've described your lifestyle, you're not alone. Many Christians spend their lives in a state of hiding, ashamed of what they become because of ingesting the forbidden fruit of alcohol or drugs or giving in to other addictions, other forbidden fruits. On the outside, we cover ourselves up with self-righteousness and self-control, but on the inside, we feel dirty, filled with guilt and shame. We live a life of hypocrisy. And in Matthew 23, Jesus warns us about this hypocrisy, where we pretend to have it all together to the outside world, but in reality, our darkest secrets riddle us with despair and sickness. He teaches, you clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside you are filthy, full of self-indulgence. You must wash the inside of the cup and dish, and then the outside will become clean. This is what Jesus is teaching us. He's teaching us the difference between our person and our personality. Our personality is what we want others to think we are, and our person is what we really are. In other words, our lives might be outwardly impressive, but on the inside, our addictive lifestyle births lies, pride, denial, self-centeredness, obsession, compulsion. Our secret addictions birth sin against God, mankind, and ourselves. For me personally, when in my act of addiction, I'd walk around with a swagger, portraying that I had it all together. But all the while, I was full of guilt, shame. And I felt dirty inside. It was only until I came out of hiding by being honest and truthful about my secret addictions that I felt the cleansing of the Holy Spirit. Folks, God's desire is for us to start being truthful. We must come out of hiding. And it's only by uncovering these hidden parts of ourselves, our darkest secrets, our filthy sins, that we'll be able to change the hypocritical outer person that we have become. Listen, recovery is an inside job. Just as we bathe every day, we need to be cleansed from the inside out. And that's where these 12 steps to recovery come into play. We must apply these life-changing principles to our lives every day. When we immerse ourselves in these God-breathed instructions, that's how we'll be free from our secret addictions. The outside world begins to see us, not as we would have them think of us, but as God would have them see us, born again, cleansed within and a new person in Christ, recovered and healed. Amen? 
Now, before we begin our journey of reintroducing these 12 golden nuggets, we're going to continue our discovery of 12 pitfalls that draw us away from God's plan of restoration, Satan's evil tactics of brainwashing with the lies we tell ourselves, 12 misconceptions that spiral us into a life of doom and gloom, and they're called missteps. We've exposed six of them with six more remaining. Now, if you missed the first six, fret not. Our podcast contains all of our previous meetings. You can find them on various platforms, such as Spotify and Apple, and then search Christian with Sacred Addictions podcast. Okay, now for misstep seven. We tell ourselves, since I'm accountable to God, I don't need a sponsor in this recovery program. Folks, no doubt we're accountable to God, but he also wants us to be in healthy and supportive relationships with others. God works through people. In Proverbs 27, 17, it's written, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. When iron is rubbed against another piece of iron, it shapes and sharpens it. Similarly, Our newfound friends in these recovery meetings can help sharpen our understanding of God's plan of restoration and hold us accountable as we slowly but surely learn how to abandon our old ideas, our old ways, and to come out of hiding. Listen, by attending meetings regularly, you learn the value of of talking with like-minded people, people who share our problems and goals. We learn to open up and accept the love, support, and understanding that we need. We develop a friendship with people who care if we hurt. We start to learn more about our disease. We read the recovery literature. We ask questions. We start to develop trust in our newfound friends. And in time, we find someone that stands out from among the crowd, someone with a lengthy time of recovery and experience, someone we feel comfortable confiding in. And that's where a sponsor comes into play. We ask them for their help. We ask them to sponsor us, to walk with us on this journey of transformation and healing. And let me say this. There's no doubt in my mind that this sponsor-sponsee relationship was initiated by God. Sponsorship is a part of God's plans of restoration. And as with me, God will choose this candidate for you to help sharpen your understanding of the application of this 12-step journey to recovery. Your newfound brother or sister will hold you accountable through prayer, discussion, support, questions, mentoring, suggestions, and new ideas. Once again, this is a WE program. You will grow stronger. You'll recover more quickly if you have someone to guide you, encourage you, hold you accountable, and help you to come out of hiding as you learn how to enjoy and celebrate the beauty of God's gift of this new life with new friends and 
good fruits of recovery and healing. Amen? Speaking of new friends, how about our old friends? And that takes us to misstep number eight. We tell ourselves, now that I'm in recovery, Jesus would want me to help my old friends. So I don't need to change where I go or, or whom I hang out with. Hear me loud and clear. If you continue hanging out with old playmates, entertain yourself with old playthings, and revisit your old playgrounds, you're setting yourself up for a downward spiral into the pitfalls of an addictive lifestyle once again. You may have good intentions, but associating with unhealthy people will put you in a dangerous and compromising position. I tell you this from my own experience. I meet with you today with over 30 years of recovery. But in my early stages of recovery, I wanted to show my old using and gambling friends just how good I was doing. Well, before you knew it, my addictive mode kicked in. The temptations were overpowering. I lost all self-control. I relapsed and lost decades of my life in the bondage of sin and addiction. You don't want to go there. Listen, the Bible is clear that we need to run from people and places that would tempt us to fall back into our old ways. The Apostle Paul, he sponsored Timothy. And in 2 Timothy 2.22, he told him to disassociate himself from anybody or anything that it would entice the lust of the flesh. He told Timothy, run from anything that stimulates lust. Instead, pursue righteous living, faithfulness, love, and peace. Enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. Paul's advice to Timothy is something that we need to heed as well. We need to stay clear of places and things that are likely to tempt us. We should avoid spending time with people who will lead us to this relapse. Now, I've often stated that if someone wants what we have, and that's recovery, they must do what we do. On the flip side of the coin, if you hang out with old friends that don't want what we have, you will want what they have, and you'll begin to do what they do, and you'll fall back into the muck and mire of this disease called addiction. The book of Proverbs written to offer God-given wisdom to avoid destructive mistakes to come from lack of common sense warns us. Don't envy evil people or desire their company, for their words stir up trouble. Don't do as the wicked do. Don't follow their path. Don't even think about it. Don't go that way. Turn away and keep moving. This book of wisdom tells us the consequences of ignoring God's instructions. It's like a washed pig returning to the mud or a dog returning to its vomit. Folks, 
That's defining a relapse. We become like our old friends. We go back into hiding. We start to feel dirty inside. And we become enslaved to Satan's every demand. And that's a frightening thought. Listen, Scripture is teaching us that setting boundaries is an important part of recovery. Do you hear me? Setting boundaries. Setting these boundaries involves knowing and heeding God's warnings and allowing neither our old friends nor our sinful inclinations to lead us astray. So what do we do with our old friends? We need to pray for them from afar. We need to give them to God. We must accept the fact that we're powerless over people, places, and things, and we're unable to save, fix, or rescue anyone, including ourselves. But God can. And to avoid this misstep, we must review the short version of the first three steps. We must tell ourselves, I can't, God can, and I think I'll let him. Amen? We're running out of time, so join us next week as we continue exposing Satan's ploy of missteps that derail us from God's spiritual journey of these 12 steps, God's GPS that lead to recovery, healing, and a new way of life. Amen.